This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keitel, Vice President of CX of M and retired global CX executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bob Keipel. Bob, I'm really excited today because we're joined by Vivian Phillips' husband, PhD, the Senior Vice President of Contact Centers for Wells Fargo, and soon to be podcast host on the CX of M Radio Network. Welcome to the show, Vivian. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited be a part of this conversation. Well, we're excited that you are on board and you're going to talk today about your new podcast, mm-hmm. as Tom just mentioned, which will be on the CX of M radio mm-hmm. network soon. But before we get into that, can you discuss a little bit about what you do as your in your role as Senior Vice President Contact Center for Wells Fargo? Yeah, I can. So I've, I have more than um, 25 years of experience as a service professional. So leading high performing teams um, in different industries like property, casualty insurance, health insurance, and more recently, the financial industry. And so in my role for Wells Fargo, I'm um, one of maybe about 15 other leaders who are uh, leading the change for Wells Fargo in the contact centers. And um, we are, my particular group is responsible for the everyday uh, banking products that consumers use of, to manage their financial, um, their financial situation, financial lives. And so um, what do you think the trend is, uh, you know, at your company? Um, what is it that you're trying to go toward as you say you're evolving and leading change? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, the organization um, has a long history. It's a very old company, 100, 150, close to 150 years old that it's been around. And part of its legacy um, that still lingers with the organization is the, the relationship between the bank and its customers. And it's trying to move back to a lot of the customer centricity that is rooted in its, in its um, beginnings. And so what you find in the contact center are leaders asking very thoughtful questions about how do we infuse the thinking, the desires, the goals of the customer into our products, as well as our service delivery. And so um, it, it's, it's, for me, a joy, a, um, very exciting work because it's what I do. It's part of my passion is understanding the customer and what they want and how organizations align their structures, how they communicate, how they recognize um, success, how they make decisions all around what the customer desires, the customer's goals. And just if I can follow up one more time on this, um, <laughs> how are your people um, reacting? Because a lot of times people you know, like the status quo or they're uncomfortable with change. Um, how are you getting engaged with the folks you know, on your staff? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I've, my impression of those, and, and, and I'll point out that I'm fairly new to uh, Wells Fargo, mm-hmm. uh, but in the short time that I've been there, what I find is that um, m- most of the uh, team members there at Wells Fargo are very excited about moving closer to the, to the customer because that is what they enjoy doing. You'll find, at least I've found in the customer service industry, that those who are in it, especially those on the front line, enjoy taking care of customers. It's all of the the structures and processes and procedures um, that tend to get in the way and um, mute the great experiences that individuals like um, to deliver to customers. And so I would say my my perception is that they, they are open to it and wanting to move toward that. It's a much more fulfilling job when you're meeting customers' needs as opposed to trying to uh, follow policy and procedures that appear to be contrary to what the customer is wanting. Very well put and very politically correct. That's true, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, oh, it's not funny, but all the studies out there show the more visibly customer-centric you are as an organization um, to your employees, the happier they are. And, right. and the more likely they are to stay there. I mean, who doesn't want to work for a company that is dedicated to making people happy every day? So that's right. Um, yes. Now, I, I noticed you, you've you recently earned your PhD in management. Having earned my own PhD, I know that's a rather arduous journey. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey and, and, and how it shaped your attitude towards managing the customer experience? Yes, certainly. So my my research focus was in understanding the emotional and social factors that influence customer decision-making about quality of life products like health insurance and um, financial instruments. So my my research, uh, the outcome of my research suggests that customers are receptive to creating and and fostering long-term relationships with their health insurance professionals. In fact, they tend to be more satisfied when they do, when there is a relationship there. Now, I will point out that there are some studies that show that not necessarily, but but what what I'm learning is that for those organizations that have complex processes, complex products, the long-term relationship is meaningful. And so this information I think is important for managers of organizations who are thinking about how they can improve their operating models to become more customer centric. It's about having this relationship and and what does that look like? Um, So I I think that um, for for me, my my study is showing that understanding some of the social factors that drive customer satisfaction um, is useful when you're designing complex products and also to help your customers fully utilize the products. And in health insurance, that's very important. You want them to take advantage of all that's there in their their health policies. And then also it helps in understanding some of the social disparities uh, around the Mm -hmm. usage of certain products. And so, and all all for me, all that comes from paying attention to the customer and their desire when they have the desire to have a long-term relationship. Can I ask a question about the the whole long-term and complex type products, you know, financial healthcare? A lot of those things, as consumers, we don't use them every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be years, you know, like say for health insurance, you might, before there's a big event that, you know, really you have to get into it. 
what's the difference for those sort of infrequent major things like buying a car or something like that versus the everyday kind of fast moving products, customer satisfaction? Yeah, it's an excellent question. And for, for my study, what I, I looked at is the literacy of the, of the customer, the insurance literacy, um, engagement levels, and then their desire to have this relationship. What is the correlation of those to customer satisfaction? And what we found, at least I found, is that for those complex products, the, they are not interested in knowing all of the details of the process within their health um, insurance process. They just don't, they don't want to. But the proxy for that is the relationship. So I want to be able to have a relationship with Bob and to call Bob and talk with him about my health products and I will trust that he's going to offer me the right, um, the right products. And that's not always, that's not the case when you're buying an iPhone. That's not the case when you're buying this, you know, very simple products. And so um, if there is no trust, if there is no uh, coordinated communication and um, a commitment to my success in buying these products, then I'm, I'm, I can guarantee you I'm not going to be satisfied with your product. I'm not going to promote your product. Well, yeah, and there's a, a several really unique factors about health insurance, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, you're talking about the protection of, of people's families um, mm -hmm. and not just their physical well-being, their financial well-being, right? That's because right. It's, it's about how much am I going to have to pay for this? And mm -hmm. depending upon whether they stay with an employer, they, they might be with that insurance company throughout their whole life. So it's not like buying a cell phone or a car. It, it, it's something that's drawn out over, over a long time. So yes, the, the yes. importance of that relationship is so critical. And to your point, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to know what you guys are doing in the background. I just want results. That's um, right. That's right. And, and my study was um, the population was for uh, Cover California or Obamacare. So these are individuals who are interfacing with the insurance company directly. Mm -hmm. And what we find is that satisfaction is pretty low. But for those customers who are getting their insurance policy through their employer, their employer is there to advocate. So they can have a relationship with their employer to ensure right. that their employer is getting them what they want. And then we find also differently in Medicare, Medi-Cal, um, uh, policies that the relationship is with the physician and not the insurance. So I'll trust what my doctor tells me to get in terms of my insurance policy. So it's tremendous opportunity for those organizations who have products that sell directly to the consumer to understand how it's an important to, why it's important to, to build those relationships and put operating practices in place that allow you to do that. They're That's very awesome. Very cool. Makes makes me want to do research again. I haven't done that in a long time. Uh, well, I will say, yeah, go ahead, Bob. I, I will just editorialize. You know how we always say, well, that frontline person is the face of the organization. Mm -hmm. If it's in a high intense field, like say, you know, somebody's managing my IRA or something, right. and you call them and they they don't have enough support they can look dumb and the whole company can look dumb and people get frustrated really fast. So there's a whole <laughs> support mechanism that needs to be happening in the company uh, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly it. And especially for knowledge workers in the call center, that is hugely important to them that they are able to appear intelligent 
and knowledgeable to the customers that they're talking to. And if the structures, the tools that they use don't allow for that, what you get is some of this combative, um, disengaged type of um, interactions that we often hear so much about in call centers. Yeah, and empowered too. I mean, you know, if you feel like the person you're talking to can't do it. Well, anyway, so we're talking to a very smart person who knows a lot about healthcare, and she's working in the banking industry. And so, of course, that leads to my next question: is uh, why? What's your motivation behind creating the podcast? What are you? What are you hoping to accomplish with it? Yeah. So, so this is all new to me. Um, and um, Tom reached out to me and asked, "Is this something you're interested in?" And immediately I thought, oh my God, this would be a great opportunity uh, for me to, to take some of the conversations that I typically have just with friends and colleagues about, about customer service, about culture, and, and bring it into a more structured form. So in my podcast, Change That Binds is the title of the, the podcast, I speak to the, the interchange agent that exists in all of us, right? The, the person who just within them would like to uh, facilitate change. And it's the opportunity for me to talk about the, my three favorite things, my passion, which is change, culture, and customer service. And um, I intend to have conversations with, with leaders at mid-manager to function head level um, within the organization to help them think differently about navigating change in their organization. And, and I want to do this by showcasing leaders who have led change. So I explore um, in what ways culture enables change and also in what way does culture bind us to our default operating models, like how we communicate, what we measure, um, how we see the customer. So in my podcast, what I hope to do is ask a lot of questions, questions um, like can organizations really change? And, um, or are they really becoming more of what they already are? And um, how does change connect you closer to your customer? And, and in connecting closer to the customers, are you really improving the customer in that interaction? Or are you just improving your business goals, which are basically default um, existing operating models? So we'll talk about, you know, what organizational change, what organizational change um, in, is, and in, in how organizations are using change to reinforce some of the cultural beliefs that serve the organization? And what are those beliefs that are no longer serving the organization? So, and, and all within the context of the customer experience. So um, if, if you are learning to manage change and its implication to the customer experience, you'll find my podcast of value. Wow, that's fascinating. Well, you've got one dedicated listener here, possibly, <laughs> possibly two. Yeah, if I t- if I have time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's so, that's what it's all coming down to these days. Do we have time, right? Yeah, Vivian, why, why is it the retired people always seem to be the busiest and never? Have have ad- you get an attitude. The older you get, Tom, I think that's what it is. I forgive me. Yeah. Well, Vivian, I, I love what, you know, I love the work you do. I've always been fascinated by the same kind of things that you are. So. I'm really excited um, to to be working with you. It's, Thank you. It's it's really cool stuff. It it really is because uh, you know I think way way too often people try to oversimplify customer experience management. They try to relegate it to customer personas and journey maps, and but the reality is ultimately it's delivered by people. You know, and people right. that 
um, oftentimes aren't supported by the organizational structure or their, their, their bosses or their peers. And it's much more complicated than, than we think. So we're so happy to, to, to have you and have this conversation. So now, now it's time for the big reveal. Um, uh, okay. Can you can you tell us the name of your podcast? Look, and, she just and, told us. This oh, is a, a, oh yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I zoned out. I zoned out. Oh, well, you know, that's me. So much, much too caught to much too much. I don't mind repeating it. So did, did, did she explain out the rationale for it? I love it. Yeah. I just, let's go deeper. Change that bind. So let's talk about change that bind. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Uh, and, you know, obviously, yeah, what, what, what does that mean? Yeah. So for me, um, that using that the phrase that includes a paradox around can can does change always mean something different and sometimes what i find is that sometimes the change is just more of the same and and that may be okay if more of the same is reinforcing some of the values the the cultural beliefs the practices that are actually serving the organization and so it is so important, I believe, for leaders to think about that change in that change in that way. Is it bringing us closer to who we are, mm. the core of who we are, and is the core of who we are serving our customers in a way that's meaningful to our customers? And if it's not, then having that rigorous conversation about so then what is it that we're doing? I think you know, change that binds the the binding part is really really great that's, because that's yeah. you have people like if in people who are listening to this are working on customer experience and they all have been working at, in some way in changing culture of the company and that's really hard because you get a lot of people that are like oh it's the flavor of the month or whatever mm -hmm. or they're just stuck in their ways and they don't want to change and so the that binds part those are the nuggets you know how do you really get it to stick so Viv so Vivian, yeah. how, how do you, you know, to me, it's like it's an alignment of the individual and the organization and their values and the way the organization functions. Right. So how do you how do you come to that alignment? And I know it's not easy. I know it's a long process, but. Yeah, it, it, it really isn't easy. And the, my conversation um, in the podcast is within the frame of the customer experience in more of a, a, a call center mm -hmm. environment. And I think at the root of that is deciding, do we want the customer's feedback, the customer's goals to be at the center of what we do as an organization? Mm -hmm. Are we wanting to be responsive to that input or is it more of just a add on once we're done? And you have to be clear about that. Some organizations choose not to be that, which I can't understand why you wouldn't be. And so what I find is that hard work has not been done in many organizations or it has gotten lost. So the default, if you don't have the customer in the middle of what you do, then you, you fall back on things like uh, revenue and even customer satisfaction measures uh, where you're looking internally. The customer likes me making money. The customer likes me in my hours of operation, but you're just focused on just you as an organization, as opposed to what are the goals of my customers? What are they trying to achieve in their lives, in the communities that they serve? And how, as I, how can I, as this big organization, help them do that? 
And oh yeah, by the way, because I do it so well, I'm able to, to make money at doing that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's thinking about your value proposition as an organization in that way. So Vivian, is some of that, you know, you, you know, you alluded to that, the, the contact center and their role is part of that because leadership views the contact center as a cost center as kind of like something that we have to do rather than to your point, you know, the contact center, the call center is where people go when they've got a problem and, and identifying problems helps to identify the underlying things that we're doing that we're not doing effectively and, and delivering on customer needs. Yeah, you find that organizations who um, have a model within their call center where they see the center as a place to reinforce the relationship, to, um, to, to, to get feedback. I keep using that word, but to get feedback with every interaction. Every time I interact with my customer, I'm learning more about them. The call okay. center is a huge, huge mm. opportunity for organizations to do that. And you find those who get that tend to do really well. They don't see the call center as an expense um, that is that is not generating value for the organization. Well, and I'd love to see organizations where members of the C-suite actually sit in on calls and listen. Um, yes. Or yes. rather, yeah. And, or even and, try to do it. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Oh, God, don't even, let's not even go there. Yeah, you let's get some even. CEO in there and somebody's got a problem. He's like, yeah, yeah. we can do that. I'm going to send you $10,000. Yes. And, and, and I've, worked for, I've worked for organizations who have done that. And it's, it's mm. so powerful. And they understand all of the challenges. They extend, understand firsthand the challenges that the, the representative on the front line is experiencing. And they go back and try and do something about that. I've worked for a niche company here in the Northwest where that is exactly what the executives do. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah. that reflects their, you know, an alignment of their personal values with the customer driven values of, of the corporation, right? That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not too complicated, but at the same time it is, yeah. but it starts with the will, the desire to, mm. to, to understand how important it is to have the customer at the center. That's it. That's we're it? just gonna. That's where yeah. I don't know. We're no, just not talking no, anymore. No, we, we oh, ran it. We covered it all. No, I guess. No, we, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. So, <laughs> Let that sink in. Customer so, at the um, center. So, um, I, I, I know you talked a little bit about what listeners can can expect from from your show. Um, can you give us some idea of what the format will be like? Will it just be you talking? Will you have guests? Will it be a combination? Um, <laughs> what what can we expect? And what kind of people could we expect on the show? Yeah, it's for me, it would be a place to learn. So my, my, my approach will be very Socratic. It, it will be um, um, infusing the experiences and the lessons learned and um, the opportunities gained from those who've actually led change within their organization. <clears throat> and it's um, so it would be the, pro the, the format will be me asking questions very similar to what, what you all are doing here. And um, maybe solving, you know, the the complex questions of the world today, and and maybe just simply um, changing an orientation or a way of thinking about the customer. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm, I'm open to solving world Good. problems and open good good 
I love I love problem solvers. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for being you. Yeah, we love you, baby. And, so, and you're amazing. And I'm and I'm open to I, I'm really wanting it to be um industry agnostic. So I want to bring in individuals uh from finance, from health insurance, which I know, but I want mm -hmm. industries that I don't know. Like um I don't I'm not as familiar with um, the technology space. And so I would love to do that as well. Uh, especially fintech, there's a lot of stuff happening in that industry that I know nothing about. But manufacturing, how does yeah. customer service show up in the manufacturing, which is one of the major industries um, um, in the in the world today? So I'm just open to leaders who are passionate about change, have led change, and want to talk about that and and share their knowledge with those who are uh, learning how to do it better and do it well. Well, I have no doubt people are going to be knocking down your door to talk to you about it um, <laughs> from across industries. Well, thanks so much, Vivian. We're so excited. And when can when can listeners expect your show to be launched? I'm hoping and working very um, diligently to get the first launch um, in October, um, toward the mid to end of October. So we'll, okay. we'll see how that goes. Well, yeah. we will let them know. All right. Well, thank, thanks again for being on the show. And thanks, listeners, for listening in. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.